The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Well, we were chatting earlier on, weren't we, Rolene, about, uh, wow, what a mess and what is going on right now in Israel. Joining us on the line now, uh, Rolene Marks, our correspondent from Israel. Good afternoon, Rolene, and of course, thanks for joining us. Okay, well, what a day mm-hmm. it has been, and I've actually got some breaking news. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, right. But let's put it into perspective before mm-hmm. I bring you the breaking news, because we almost had an absolute balagan, as we call it here, in Israel in Knesset. Okay. So today, the Knesset voted on the Judicial Selections Committee mm-hmm. candidates. Now, uh, you, as we know, the, ju- the Judicial Selection Committee is one of the big, big issues up for discussion and, and debate and negotiation around the overhauls. And the uh, Prime Minister, Netanyahu, um, he uh, moved to try and delay the uh, the vote by a month, which would have seriously resulted in, in, in absolute pandemonium. So basically, he tried to invoke a clause. Let me see if I understand it correctly. It's very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a clause in the Knesset Protocols for the Judicial Selection Committee that allows two top candidates, one from the a coalition and one from the opposition. And if one receives more votes than the other, then the vote is automatically postponed. Now, uh, there is a thought that he tried to push this out be- uh, uh, because he says that he couldn't guarantee that Karin El Haral, who is the opposition's candidate, would get uh, enough votes. In quite a shock outcome, she's got the uh, majority of votes and the Likud MK put forward has been rejected. This is literally in the last minute. It's, it's so complicated. And yeah. uh, I, I mean, I tell you, I think I need a, a whiskey after this and seeing it is um, <laughs> International Bourbon Day, I'm just going right. to uh, imbibe anyway. Uh, so there was a lot of uh, uh, fighting in the Knesset today. Otmeyer, who did say that they want two MKs on the selection committee, uh, Lapid and Gad saying that if they push out the voting, which was crucial, they would uh, collapse the overhaul negotiations. And one big, huge mess, and, and now we have completely the outcome mm-hmm. that maybe Netanyahu was predicting, and he tried to uh, try to preempt it by, say, by, by saying the other, but now we have a situation where the coalition, I mean, the opposition's candidate um, got more votes than the coalition candidate. So... Uh, don't worry if you're completely confused. Right. So are the rest of us. Well, I was going to say, really, yeah, so trying to you know, trying to navigate this and wrap one's mind around what's going on right now. So, just very quickly, are they still in session, or is it, is it over now? This is it. Well, for the moment, they're yeah. over, but mm, because mm. there is that clause in the right. Knesset that says uh, in these protocols that says the voting for the other candidate can be delayed by a month, there is a possibility that voting for the other candidate mm. will be 
uh, delayed by a month. We haven't heard yeah. from the coalition any responses yet. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a strong one. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, actually, I think it's going to be a strong one. They're going to want uh, to to move for the, the voting on their candidate. But this, uh, as many of us have been saying today, many of us uh, who analyze the situation as best as we can with all the complications, have said that this is invoking what happened at the, the World Jewish Congress, I mean, the World Zionist Congress in April, where the voting was postponed at the behest of the could uh, because they wanted to push out the votings on the resolution and the outcome that uh, eventually did happen was not what they wanted. Okay, Rolene, let's put the confusion aside and let's now, for a change, for a change, let's uh, put some smiles on our faces because we've got some very interesting uh, subjects to bring up for the rest of our chat. Let's start with uh, the Native American leaders who are now seeking to establish an embassy in Jerusalem. This sounds great. Well, this is just the most exquisite story. Uh, you and I are people that both have a, a great uh, affinity for the Native American mm-hmm. people, and, and many people don't realize just how strong the ties are between many Native American tribes and, and Israel, because, uh, as they say, we, we share a covenant to the land. Uh, we have a lot of mm-hmm. historical commonalities, both the people that have been persecuted, both the people... Uh, that have been colonized, both the people that share many of the same traditions, albeit express them very differently. And they um, are a, there is a wonderful couple by the name of Chief Joseph Riverweed. I mean, how gorgeous is that name? He is from the Arawak uh, Taino tribe, and his wife, the lovely Dr. Larilyn Riverweed, she is from the Cherokee tribe, and they have an organization where they bring many delegations of Native Americans to to Israel to understand the the, the commonalities uh, and listening to them speak earlier today one of the comments that they said was when they go to the Kota, the Wailing Wall people think that the Messiah is literally coming because you don't see this uh, and just how strong the ties are yes there are elements within the Native American community that do sympathize with the, the Palestinians but for the most part there is this great bonding over indigenous rights. Some of you might be familiar with Ryan Bellarose of the Métis tribe, Canadian um, uh, indigenous tribe, who is a great advocate for indigenous rights, and in particular uh, Jewish indigenous rights. But to hear them speak is just absolutely uh, so incredibly moving. And... um, they would like to open an embassy for Native Americans in Jerusalem so that we can get to understand each other's cultures and histories because we share so much of uh, the same experience. Indeed. Okay, so very quickly, they want to open an embassy. Any indication when they want to open this embassy? Or is it very, it's very early days, I take it, Rolene, at this stage? It's very early days. You know, I don't know how uh, such a thing would work. Uh, You know, we do have a a Christian embassy for Israel in in Jerusalem. Uh, So I I don't see why something like this couldn't happen. But this is just 
just so beautiful. There's an article about this in the Jerusalem Post today. I really encourage you all to, to look for it and listen to them speak and the, the love, the, the passion that, uh, Chief Riverwind and his wife, Dr. Riverwind, have for, for Israel and the Jewish people is just absolutely magnificent. Okay, Arlene, let's carry on on the uh, road of inspiration. And the U.S. House of Representatives votes to promote a special ambassador to expand the Abraham Accords. Tell us more. Well, well we love this. This was a vote that took place in, in Congress yesterday. A vote was, uh, went forward. It was, it was sponsored by... Uh, Mark Lawler, Congressman Mark Lawler, and Congressman Richie Torres. Many of you are very familiar with Richie Torres, the Democratic Congressman from uh, New York, uh, a great, great friend to, to Israel, uh, a huge advocate against anti-Semitism and for the Abraham Accord, hence he co-sponsored it. And the vote went through to... Um, promote a special ambassador position to advance the Abraham Accord. So the number one target in everybody's uh, crosshairs is Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. They have said that um, it is conditional on Palestinian statehood. So uh, we know that this is a, a long process, a long road to normalization with the Saudis. However, we have seen very, very promising movement uh, with anti-Semitism being completely eradicated from school textbooks, um, a, a lot more overt uh, relationship building rather than covert. And, uh, of course, the usual suspects uh, voted against it, Rashida Talib and Cory Bush and Ilan Omar and uh, um, what's-her-face, Cassia Cortez. <laughs> and all that says to me is that they're anti-peace. How anyone would want to vote against normalization, a peace yep. in the greater it's Middle East region, uh, that to me says you are not somebody who's invested in building peace between people. <laughs> Rolene, okay, we can only hope and see exactly where this is going to lead. Also, there has been talk recently of, you know, like expansion of the accords into East Africa, Africa itself and other parts of the world, wishing that uh, initiative all the best in the expansion of the Abraham Accords. And uh, lastly, just very quickly before we sign off, a big shout-out to the Israeli under-20 football team arriving back to Heroes Welcome. Well, uh, this is just be magnificent. We are so proud of them. They've gone further than any yeah, Israeli football team have in the history of Israeli football teams. We're super duper proud. And as we say, Israel is like the only way is up. Let's do that and let's start a trend, hopefully, <laughs> with football. At least they could bring back the bronze. Roland, we're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us once again and giving us the latest on what's happening in Israel. Of course, we're going to look very forward to tomorrow. tomorrow's chat. And from now until then to see what transpires in the Knesset regarding the Judicial Selection Committee. Also how things are going to transpire with the Native Americans wanting to establish an embassy in Jerusalem. Of course, the expansion of the Aram Accords in the interests of Israel and its relationship with the rest of the world. Roland Marks, our correspondent from Israel.